Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002 standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, the U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now... Welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 14 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Lance Growlick, and Lance is the founder and CEO of Ion Franchising, an industry-leading franchise consulting and development group that represents over 500 franchise brands and business opportunities within 90 categories. Lance helps prospective entrepreneurs find their perfect franchise for free. He also assists independent business owners in creating a franchise system. We're going to talk to Lance about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. Stick around because we have a great show. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste, and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily, and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com 
Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 14 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Lance Gralick, and Lance is the founder and CEO of Ion Franchising, an industry-leading franchise consulting and development group that represents over 500 franchise brands and business opportunities within 90 categories. Hi, Lance. Happy New Year. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Marty. Great to be here. Happy New Year to you. Thank you, Lance. It's great to have you on the show. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from today, Lance? I'm calling from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, lucky you, right? It's 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 well, it's cold here in Pennsylvania today, Lance. So it, it's uh, I'd I'd kill to be in, in in Las Vegas today. That's fantastic. How's the weather yeah. there today? Well, you know, it's it's a desert, so uh, it was yep. pretty cold this morning, or still it still is morning over here where I am. That's and, right. That's you know, right. anyway, it it should get to sixty today. We'll see. You have, I mean, such an impressive background. When I was reading your biography, Lance, I thought, you know, maybe we can kind of like, you know, go back to the beginning and you could tell our listeners, you know, how you, how you got even involved in franchising. <laughs> well, that all starts, I grew up in New York, born in Brooklyn, grew up in Long Island. And uh, right. okay. dad was, dad was on Wall Street and yeah. I thought I was following him. Uh, it seemed yeah. like a great career and, and it is a great career or was a great career. Yep. Yeah. And uh, spent my high school uh, time period, college, working at the firm. They were the largest over-the-counter trading house on Wall Street. My dad was right. headed up the, re- the retail side, really, as a stockbroker. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I enjoyed it. But once I was out of college, I started realizing, you know, I did work in bars and restaurants throughout college, and I liked right. that side of it. And then I had, yeah. had a crazy uncle who was originally from Brooklyn, moved to Arizona, Wow. And he was very successful in tech before anybody didn't even knew what tech was, which is a whole other story. And uh, yeah. he made a bunch of money. He moved out to Arizona and he, and he, you know, after a period of time, he heard I was bored, called my other uncle and said, what's Lance doing? I need him. I just bought four TGI Friday's restaurants. Wow. Somebody to help me run this thing. And then we grew that. Um, we grew that period of about five years through acquisition, new store openings mm-hmm. to over $225 million a year. Wow. Uh, 65 plus stores. We were the largest franchisee for, uh, for Fridays, of course. Wow. And, uh, and that was a great run. I mean, that was sort of my MBA in, uh, in, in right. restaurants and, and franchising and understanding why franchising can be so powerful and amazing. I, I sat on our committee where every, every three months I went to Dallas, mm-hmm. which is where Friday's corporate was to, to see the new, either seasonal items or new menu items in general. But, but, you know, Fridays, it was, it, it was interesting, you know, um, change is good sometimes, but in other right. cases, change is not good. Yeah. <laughs> and Fridays, <Yep. laughs> uh, when their, when their leadership team, uh, the two gentlemen that were running it, they were incredible when they left. Um, let's just say the, the franchise lost, the, the franchise or lost focus in my opinion. Right. And, yeah, added frozen fries, which was not mm-hmm. something they should have done. And then it was kind of easy to tinker with every other menu item to attempt to save money right. or, you know, make it easier in the kitchen. And, you know, there's an example of a franchise brand that, that was great at one point and lost its yep. luster. 
I met my wife in a TGI Fridays, Lance. That's uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> interesting. Listening to your story, but you know, I love it. it. it yeah, it, it, it's interesting. And originally, you know, I'm, I'm originally from Brooklyn, uh, New York, um, uh, Carroll Gardens area, you know, when I was just love it. you know, reading your story, I said, oh, my God, you know, we, we, we have so much in common. But yeah, I, I mean, I've noticed the same thing, too, awesome. with, with TGI Fridays, Lance, you know, we, we used to be, you know, big fans of, of, of Fridays, and we don't go there like we used to, you know, um, it, it wow. has changed a bit, you know, and, and like you said, like any brand, sometimes they, they, they really, you know, they, they fall off track, don't they? Yeah, you know, it, it, we can have a whole segment just on customer service. That'll yeah. be my first book on on hiring and, and customer service for the restaurant yeah. industry, especially the franchise side. There was an amazing culture, company culture right. on Fridays, and yeah. and they did everything was amazing. The training was phenomenal. I'm staring at my bookshelf here, and I have you know all kinds of information still from Fridays back in the day, believe it or not, and right. a recipe book that's about nine inches thick. Wow. Um, that was you know, items really made from scratch, which certainly isn't the case today. I can't imagine how much is frozen today in that kitchen. Right. But, uh, right. but yeah, company culture is a, a huge thing. I mean, they, they, they had an amazing culture where the staff was really um, woven within that environment of, of, of certainly providing that wow factor. If you remember, you, you know, Fridays, sure. that, that's what it was called. It was the, it was right. the wow factor. It was the first brand that really brought that to the table, literally. <laughs> Yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, absolutely. What was the catalyst then, Lance? I mean, you know, again, I, I can kind of guess, but, you know, here you are. You, you have all of this experience. Um, I, I imagine that that was probably one of the catalysts for, for starting Ion Franchising. And, and you know, look <laughs> well, where you guys are today. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's incredible. You know, I mean, what is it like representing like 500, you know, franchise brands it's, and business it's, opportunities? It's more like uh, we're over 600 now. Is it really? Oh my God. That's incredible. I mean, that's a, that's a big number. You know, I don't think I've had anyone like yourself on the show, you know, that represented that many different brands, you know, and I, I get it. Why get why you started the company, you know, is again, because you have all of this, this experience and, you know, we've started this show 14 years ago. I I've always been drawn to franchising. I, I love the franchise model, Lance, you know, I think it gives people an opportunity to be an entrepreneur that maybe they don't have those entrepreneurial skills. So what do you like most about franchising? Well, what I definitely like most about franchising is there's a system. I think it was Tony Robbins right. that, that made the, you know, the Tony Robbins quote was model success. And that's what yeah. franchising is. You don't yeah. have to think too hard Right. As you certainly know, Marty, there's a process, you know, including the yeah. validation stage where you talk to franchisees. But, you know, you're not – look, if you have a burning desire to create your own brand, go right mm-hmm. ahead and do it. But right. if you don't, which most people don't, and they have no idea where to start, a franchise is perfect for anybody looking to be their own boss. Right. Right. You know, it was, it was interesting, too. It, 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 I love that Tony Robbins quote. I think he said, like, success leaves closed in or something like that, you know. And exactly. I, I that's, like, the, that's the other one. <laughs> it's so powerful, isn't it? You know, and it, it, it just it, – yeah. and that's when I was reading your biography. I said I couldn't wait to have you on the show. What was interesting when I was looking at your services, too, Lance, is that you, mean you also get involved in assisting independent business owners in creating a franchise system. Um, and you know that, you know, that's not easy. It, it's interesting in that we've done, like, about 700, 700. 150 shows up to this point. And we've had some really great concepts on the show that, you know, I, I kind of thought that they were going to be like the next big thing, you know, and maybe a couple of years later, they just kind of faded away. Um, how do you know, like when someone's ready to franchise their business? Yeah. Well, the first thing I ask everyone that want, that is an independent business that has some mm-hmm. success 
you know, I, I always ask them the question, what is your secret sauce? Why right. are you different yeah. from your competition? Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, it's also a little test because, you know, if they can answer that question effectively, that means they've right. looked at their competition. Guys like yeah. Ray Kroc, everybody knows Ray Kroc from McDonald's, outrageous yep. success, pioneer. You know, he'll tell you a lot of times he never even looked at the competition because yeah. sometimes when you look them behind you, uh, people will catch up. <laughs> right. Nowadays, right. I really think a, a true competitive analysis is important. And 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 look at the today, Marty. As you certainly know, we it's all about social media. It's all about yeah. what people are saying about you. Your reputation right. is is everywhere now. In the old yeah. days, it wasn't. Now, so so for someone like myself, when a brand, uh, you know, an entrepreneur comes to me and says, "Hey, Lance, I want to set up like we we set up a new brand out of Atlanta, a couple of brands mm-hmm. out of Atlanta recently," and. Uh, you know, it was easy to look them up online. It was easy to look, see what people are saying about them. And it's amazing to see when you, when you see the amazing success somebody's have has, right. you know, there's an opportunity for growth. It's not a mistake, right. especially when they've hit a couple of different cities. Uh, they have some sort of proof of concept. It's not like right. they're in one area, but, but nevertheless, it's, it's, it's really, what is their secret sauce and how does that resonate with their current customer base? And how would that resonate with their future customer base? Right, right. I think what I've noticed too is, you know, over the years is, is some of the concepts that I've, I've, I thought were going to be big. I noticed too that they kind of franchised a little bit too soon. You know, in other words, they started this yeah. business and they really didn't have, they only had the one unit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's interesting, you know, as I, I think it's like you do, you have to have this track record, of course, you know what I mean? And you have to just make sure right. that, that you're ready for it because it certainly is a, a different animal. When I first got involved in franchising, and, and, and I know you probably had the, the same experience, I, I think there was only like about maybe like 70 different industries. And I think there was like about 1,200 different franchise systems in the U.S. Yeah. Today, I mean, there's, there's so much to choose from, isn't there? I mean, it just seems like oh, every year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, you know? Um, do you have any any favorite categories that you like? I mean, again, I know you work with a lot of different categories, but what are yeah. some of the most popular categories and, and what are some categories that, you know, if you can mention that, that you really like or you think stand out? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you can't, you can't dispute the fact that whether there's a pandemic or not, the mm-hmm. small restaurant category, uh, you know, typical fast casual under 2000 square feet brands that are doing quite a bit of takeout and delivery, Right. Um, they're still go- they're still going strong. Some people think, right. oh, I don't want to be in a restaurant. Right. I have friends that are up ten ten to thirty percent over last year. So <laughs> the, the restaurant category is forever safe. The large restaurant category, <laughs> like we were talking yeah. about TGI Fridays, right. you can't right. touch it right now because it's too right. much unknown. The, right. the home home repair home maintenance category mm-hmm. was doing well before the pandemic. Is now has exploded. Um, yeah. You know, everyone that's spending more time in their house, staring yep. at their, you know, <laughs> kitchen that they, they now have no longer delayed the remodel, their right. whole remodel right. of their kitchen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, home repair and maintenance, whether you're plumbing franchises, electricians, home repair, kitchen remodel, bath right. remodel. Yep. Um, there's a lot of low cost, high ROI. I mean, I have quite a few home repair brands and there are tons of them that, you're going to get your money back. I've, I have some that you get, you'll get your money back in four months. It's incredible on average. And, yeah. and so, so they're the low 
cost, high ROI brands um, in that category are, are amazing. Um, B2B is still hot, especially mm-hmm. if you can con- control uh, costs. Uh, right. One of my favorites that I'm sure you know is Schooley Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Sure. Schooley Mitchell is a low cost. Yeah, I think we had them on the uh, show, actually, yeah. Yeah, Dennis Schooley is amazing. I just did another deal with them, and, and incredible because before the pandemic, they – did what what I would have wanted if I was Dennis Schooley, you know, face-to-face visits, work on a contingency basis. Hey, I'm going to save you money in one of these four or five categories, which all small to medium businesses, you know, use those services. And uh, and obviously they had a pivot till, to uh, Zoom calls or, or phone calls. Mm-hmm. And, and really what it's done is it's made, the, it's made the business more efficient. Nobody's stuck in traffic any longer. You're still getting, uh, you know, ear-to-ear with your, your customer. And, uh, and boy, that franchise just has Dennis has, has waved royalty yeah. for the first year. Wow! For new franchisees, he didn't have to because his businesses exploded. Nonetheless, it was just a, right. a nice thing to do to get additional recognition. Uh, but just an amazing, amazing brand. Uh, I have another one called M3 Linked, and M3 Linked is also B2B. They were only face to face prior to the mm-hmm. pandemic. Incredibly successful model. Basically, it, it helps entrepreneurs grow. Professional development, networking, um, board of advisors, incredible, incredible brand. But what that I don't think anybody else did. So they didn't. They didn't love Zoom that much. They didn't like the breakout really? effect of it. So they quickly put their money to work and developed their own Zoom-like system. Wow. And then their then their franchise expansion, I think, at that point, definitely exploded because That's people amazing. got to see that technology, right. which is a big piece of some franchise growth these days. And, uh, oh, yeah. and people just loved it. And, and, and you're not walking into what seems like a cold, sterile Zoom call where you don't feel like right. you're really there. Right. With their technology, you actually feel like you're in the room with other people. You can click wow. on the people and you can talk to them privately or publicly or whatever. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. That is amazing. There's a funny, I don't know if you've seen the, the progressive commercial where they're all like on a Zoom call together, you know, they're kind of like mocking Zoom, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's just <laughs> yeah. the things you see on Zoom, it, it, it's crazy. I, I think, I think that's, a, that's a great story. You know, and what surprised me too, Lance, is, is like some of the categories, you know, like I, over the years I've interviewed um, like um, uh, dental franchises, um, let's see, like yeah. iLab franchises, uh, yeah, uh, chiropractic franchises. Well, it's, it's crazy. You know, I would yeah. say, like, where where does it end? You know what I mean? At some point, like, it just seems like, you know, so many different industries um, have this appreciation for the franchise model. And and I, I think that's what makes it difficult. I, I'm not sure if it's difficult for you, you know, but, you know, like when you're meeting with, like, let's say uh, someone who's interested in buying a franchise, how do you know that they're going to be a good fit for franchising? Like what questions yeah. do you ask them? Well, that's, that's a great question. I do ask a ton of questions, but mm-hmm. I, also get, I also get some help because I do have a, a, what I call a scientific assessment that that's good. assesses yeah. their, their mindset, their skill, uh, skill level, right. um, you know, really what they're thinking. And, and, and it's 10 or 15 minute assessment. It's a free assessment. It actually spits mm-hmm. out actual brands at the end of it for me. Wow. That's um, amazing. But it, it gives me an idea and it's on my website. It's free. Everything I do is free for people on the search side, of course. But you know, the questions I ask, um, I ask about hobbies. I ask right. about, you know, wow. like I have a gentleman who one of his hobbies, he loved cars. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe a, an auto, franchise is right for him or maybe it's not 
But you're right. right. I mean, to be honest, here's the beauty of franchising. The beauty of franchising, as you certainly know, is is just taking a a system with an obvious profit path where they can Mm -hmm. actually make money. There's some success. And, you know, you're lending that system and level of support and know-how to everyday people to become part of your franchise system. And it can be in any category. So right. there are many ways in franchising that people can make money. Now, right. kind of like dating, I equated all the dating, Marty. How do you <laughs> yeah. know if you, you think you're looking That's for a blonde true. or you think you're looking for a brunette? And, <laughs> That's a good example. You know, and, and I'll tell you, I, I surprise people sometimes. And yeah. I tell a story of a good, a good friend of mine who's bald, never knew how to cut hair, never worked in yeah. a salon. And wow. he ended up a 20-unit franchisee of a major salon brand. And when he was initially presented that idea, he thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. But again, we're we're helping people based on the benefit or the results that they're looking for. So, Marty, if you came to me and said, Lance, I don't want to spend more than 200000 You know, I got, I got at least 50, 60, 70 grand. Well, we can get you an SBA loan. You put right. down about 50. You get into that or 40. You get into that hair salon, only 40, 40 grand out of your pocket. And it fits everything that we just discussed. You don't right. have to do it. You don't have to do it. You're not cutting hair. Right. right. You hang out, smile at customers, and at some point you're you're an absentee or semi-absentee owner because you put a team in place. Right. In the beginning, right. you got to work. Yeah. So, it, it, so the hardest part okay. is is absolutely because I have so many. I could narrow everybody. Everybody can have three amazing options that would fit fit them. Right. Um, great. You, it's great to have choice. Now pick the one that you want the best. Go sure. down that path. Let me make an introduction for you. Talk to the brands, and it will materialize to you whether you like A, B, or C. Yeah, I think it's great to have a choice. You know, and this is really where, you know, someone like yourself, I mean, really comes in in handy, Lance, you know, because I think, you know, sometimes people, yes, they are a fit for franchising. They're good at following a system. They're good at following rules and things like that. But I think sometimes what happens is sometimes they 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 go into the wrong type of franchise you know, it's just not a match for them. You know what I mean? Um, And and I think that could be a problem. That's where your service really comes in handy. You, you kind of like can steer them or say, go this way or go that way. I remember interviewing um, uh, a couple of franchisees many years ago, Lance, and they were surprised they got into, I think it was like fish window cleaning or a window cleaning franchise or something like that. You know, they they remember them telling me, they said they, they were really surprised that, they love the model so much. I can't remember if they worked with a, a franchise yep. consultant or not, you know, but they were really surprised. They said, we love it, but we never imagined, you know, getting into this type of business. You know, it, I, yeah. I think when it was recommended to them, they're like, you're crazy, you know, but they thought about it. They, they spoke about it and uh, um, yeah, very, very you happy. Know, Marty, to your exact point, I'm working with a very smart private equity guy. And I presented him a commercial cleaning brand that has a master franchise model that he would be perfect right. for. Right. But right. he's also looking at home care and really likes that model. Came mm-hmm. into me, you know, to me with that notion. He liked the home home care. And look, some people have preferences. Some people, right. I get people to tell me I don't want a restaurant, and I have other plenty right. of other people that say right. I absolutely right. do want a restaurant. Right. So, but you're right. There's a lot of times it's like a round peg in a square hole. I have a gentleman I'm working with now that absolutely wants a restaurant, but really he's not well capitalized. So it's right. not a, it's not going to be a good fit. 
So I have I have plenty of other options for him that I you know he does does want that financial freedom. His pension right. is not going to be enough. And 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 I said, hey, look, I got plenty of other options for you. There's no worries here. And you talk about that too, don't you? I know you do like a lot of like webinars and presentations and things like that. You know, one of your topics is, you know, how to finance a franchise, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about that because it's, it's not inexpensive. You know, I mean, we, we, again, we've had concepts on the show where relatively like inexpensive, like some of like the made franchises are fairly easy to get into, but then there's some other ones that have been on our show. You know, it's like, we're talking, you know, 750, a million dollars to get into. Yeah. Um, Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Cause I, I think a lot of people sure. are always um, trepidatious about the whole finance process. You know, look, and I always, I always tell everybody, look, if you if you've purchased a home, which quite mm-hmm. a few people have, um, right. and you've gone through that process, then you understand what finance, franchise finance will be like. Yeah, that's a good analogy. <laughs> it's, it's it's similar, and uh, yeah. you know, but there are so many lending options out there today, and and as you as most people know, the the yeah. best brands have the easiest opportunity to finance. Mm-hmm. But the SBA, right. the Small Business Administration, you know, they, they throw money at the franchise world because they love it. They know it's going to help people. It's, it's uh, you know, better chance of success. So you have the traditional SBA-type loan where you're going to put down 25%. Right. And they want to see that after you put down that 25%, let's say it's, you know, $50,000 you're putting down, they want to make sure that you do have some capital and, and obviously a way to live and pay right. your bills right. after that. So they're looking for the after after the deal uh, capitalization or liquidity. Sure. So you 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 can keep yourself afloat. Right. Um, and there's all different rules depending on that. A great great veteran deals these days. Amazing veteran deals. Um, That's true. Uh, you know, I think fourteen fourteen percent of franchising today uh, franchise owners are veterans. Yeah. The last I heard. Right. Um, right. But you know. What a lot of people don't know, Marty, and I'm still surprised. I mean, I grew up in a Wall Street family. There's a lot of, you know, dad Dad was licensed and everything. So I heard about this. Right. But there's, I think on the book since the 70s, you can take money out of your 401k and invest yep. in yourself. I mean, because right. all, all a 401k is, is pulling money out pre-tax right. and investing it in, in right. the market. But it's been on the books probably since the 70s. And a lot of people are doing it today in the last right. 10, 15 years. It's, it's been a big deal. And it, the, the acronym is ROBS, which is funny. You're robbing from yourself, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, but no, Rob, right. ROBS is uh, rollover business startup. That's what ROBS stands for. And you're, and you're pulling money from yourself. Um, there's a new corporation. There's now a corporation you set up and you have to have an mm-hmm. intermediary, you know, a third party that does this. I have multiple groups that do this. And it's incredible, though. You can use your money. I talked to a gentleman the other day. He's only got 40000 cash. He's got about 195000 in his 401k. Okay. So we're going to do a, a, a ROBS. He's going to pull out about 110. Okay. And, and, and he's going to start a franchise, um, you know, with that money. And he's basically borrowing against his, his own money. He doesn't have an enormous amount of interest or fees he's going to end up paying. Um, so that's an incredible way to do it. There's, there's, there's yeah. other options as well. But look, if, if somebody just has a 680 credit score, it's not like buying mm-hmm. a house where if, you know, if your credit's higher, you get a, a lower right. interest rate. The interest right. rates are typically standard with the SBA, right. especially if you're going that route. But, um, you know, you, you're going to get you're going to get a loan. You're going to we'll figure it out. I do have some right. people that come to me that have too much money. You know, they might have a million in cash 
Well, if you want a $100,000 franchise and you show the SBA <laughs> a million in cash, right, there is a right. rule with the SBA. You know, if you, ha- if you have one and a half times the, the cash on right. hand as to what you're you looking to borrow, you're, you're excluded. It wasn't right. actually something that was always enforced, but it's certainly being enforced these days. Wow. So, um, but there's a, look, there, where there's a will, there's a way. Right. Mindset is everything. And, and there's another quote I love is, is clarity is currency. And I try yeah. to get people really yeah. clear on what fits for them and, and, and give them choice. So the easiest thing for them is here, pick, pick from these three at this point. Right. Sometimes it takes me a couple of rounds of showing them different brands and we continue to filter and, and fine tune the search. But again, it's all right. free. And, and people yeah. really get to discover. It's like I tell people again, like earlier in this conversation, Marty, it is like dating. How right. many people go right. on one date and get married? No, yeah. we go on many dates. Right. That's exactly. how it goes. And yeah. that's what I want to do is I want to introduce you and you can have a coffee date over the phone with <laughs> <Sure>. your <laughs> this franchisor, that franchisor. And if you get really serious, it's like, you know, uh, dinner with the parents, you know, meet the parents sure. when you meet the corporate guys, you know, right. Or gals. Powerful. <laughs> that is, that's great. What What is the average cost? Uh, today, Lance. I know that's one of the questions you answer in your uh, oh, yeah. in, in your presentations. You know, an average is always a deceiving number, you know, because it's in the middle. But you know, how do you typically answer that question? Well, I, I think the average of the people that that I'm talking to, the mm-hmm. average is probably right at 150 grand. Okay. There are yeah. there are quite a few, as you know, much higher than that. But you know, I have quite a few people that are looking at brands that are under 70,000. So, and I have quite a few that are doing deals way over that, but 150 right. to 175 is probably the average of the people yeah. I'm speaking to. Okay. Yeah. What's, what's the motivation, Lance? I mean, when these people are coming to you, like, I mean, like, who are they? I mean, <laughs> are question. they like, you know, do they have like a background in business before? And then, you know, they, they've kind of, maybe they've been downsized and, and then, you know, they say, well, maybe I should, you know, go into my own business. But of course, franchising would, you know, could be um, uh, a better option. I mean, what's some of the like motivations for, uh, for Such buying a Such a good question, Marty. Thanks. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that question, but basically a third a third to half of the people that I talk to are what I call corporate refugees. Either mm-hmm. they have lost their job due mm-hmm. to business conditions or they were let go for other reasons, um, or uh, I placed a gentleman with an amazing concept, home-based model, um, that came to me saying, yep, I've been a corporate guy for 25 years, and the next five years I'm not going to have a job. Because uh, yeah. so much is happening overseas, I need right. to find myself something so I don't have to rely. I don't want to go. I don't want to rely on anybody else. I don't want to worry about the future anymore and, and get another job and another job from there. He said, "Forget it. I want my own thing." And, right. And and he's happy as heck with his his brand he's at. But then the other part are people that maybe you know are doing a job. I mean, I spoke to a guy that's, that works for a concrete supplier. Mm-hmm. fantastic, smart guy, young, young guy, young family. And he's, he's worked different jobs as GMs, GM or this or that AGM. And he is tired of working for other people. And right. yeah. there's a lot of people though, when they first start looking um, are nervous, they haven't, yep. they don't understand a lot of facets of it just yet. But at the end right. of the day, 
as they get more and more comfortable, not only talking to me, but talking to brands, they develop right. a better, you know, better comfort zone and, and yeah. you know, a, a larger comfort zone, I should say, in that they're more ready to take on the task of becoming their own boss. But look, I always explain to people that franchising is made. I, I told people, I told somebody the other day about a restoration brand and, you know, mm-hmm. restoration, if there's a flood sure. or fire or mold right. remediation, whatever it might be. And, right. and, and, and his immediate reaction was, well, I don't know anything about being a contractor. Mm-hmm. So here's the beautiful thing about pretty much any franchise. They don't want you to have experience necessarily in that industry right. or even a similar right. industry because right. you're going to come to the table with some sort of preconceived notions that really they're going to have to break you of old bad habits. That's true. And, and that's why franchising is so, success, so successful because, and like you asked in this question, you know, what, what does it really take? Well, it just takes somebody that is smart, right. common sense. Right. And your past, there is some predictability based mm-hmm. on what you've done in the past. Sure. And, you know, and, and that's something that the brand just needs to be able to pick up on. You don't have to have an MBA. You right. don't have to work at some, you know, outrageous company as the senior vice president of, of anything. Um, but if you're looking to get a multi-unit, you know, territory and you're looking to do some big things quicker, sure, they want to they understand your past successes. Right. Yeah, it's a great response to the to, to the question, Lance. You know, the, I mean, the world has certainly changed. When, when my grandfather, when he came to this country, Lance, I mean, he had the same job. You know, he worked in a spring factory in, in Queens, New York, you know, from, from the day he started to, to yeah. his retirement. My dad was the same thing. He pretty much worked for the same company most of his life. But you just hear so many stories today, you know, people being downsized, you know, and then get just tired of working, you know, for other people and things like that, you know, and it's so and, really and franchising like, helps where anybody, yeah. truly anybody that wants to put themselves out there yeah. can, can get into a franchise there. You mentioned yeah. fish window cleaning. Yeah. I have a gentleman looking at, you know, Patchmaster or, you know, another yeah. drywall repair company. There's, right. there's absolutely a brand or multiple brands for everybody, but it all, right. it all starts with the first step. Yeah. Yeah. It's very powerful. I like how you're mentioning too, you know, Lance, cause I, I found the same thing is, you know, I mean, what, what I like about franchising as well is it doesn't discriminate. You know, it's like it, you don't have to have an MBA to go into franchising. In fact, you know, some of the franchisees I've had, on the show over the years, I had one gentleman, he was kind of embarrassed to tell me, but he said he, he barely graduated high school. But I mean, he ended up owning like, I think it was like 35 Wendy's franchises. And I yeah. said, holy God, you know, I said, any, I said a any lot of truly, yeah, truly anybody can do it. And look, yeah. I was a fran- multi-unit franchisee of Wingstop and yeah, at Wingstop, yeah. I was, I was also president of the franchise advisory council. And there were attorneys that were franchisees wow. on the advisory council as well. And, and look, they have the same issues with anybody when they're new. Is right. you know, it's like deer, deer in a headlights. What is an attorney going to know about running a restaurant? Yeah. Your law degree is really not going to help you that much, except for the fact that maybe you don't need an attorney yeah. if you're doing right. your entity setup. Maybe you still do, but everybody still goes through the exact same process. You still have right. to go through the training. And and look. Every franchise brand is about the support that you're getting, the training and the ongoing support. That's, that's, that's right. what it is. So it's, and yeah. it's not difficult to pick the right 
brand today, especially because you have so much available on the internet to read about right. their yeah. their success. Yeah, it's so true. So what's what's the future of, of Ion Franchising, Lance? I mean, where do you see the organization maybe three years, five years down the road? It sounds like you have a book in you as well. Oh, definitely a few books for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the the our business is exploding. We're adding people all over the country. I have I have people talking to independent businesses for franchise mm-hmm. setup every single day. Um, I have a group in Canada we're setting up. I have a group in the UK that we're bringing to the U.S. that's quite wow. successful. So it's, it, 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 it never ends. So it's, right. uh, it's really just um, continuing to scale through more team members, and, uh, right. Right. and that's it. But my bread and butter and my favorite thing is besides the franchise setup for the small mm-hmm. business to help them realize their dreams and talk about wealth building when you become a franchisor, when you have a hot brand, but finding finding anybody their perfect franchise is my favorite right. thing, and that's what I still do every day. I have conversations with people, and my team does as well, and, and, and again, it's free. And if you think about the role you're playing in these, these people's lives, Lance, I mean, you're changing their life. You're a big part of their life, aren't you? You know, I mean, franchise That's one of my favorite hashtags we use, <laughs> changing yeah. lives. Right. Because that's exactly that's what right. it is, you know. I mean, it is a big commitment. I mean, typically you're signing was is a, what a five year agreement, ten year agreement, you know. I mean, it's 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 typically, it's, typically a ten year agreement. But you right. know, Marty, it's it, it's really, you, you know, it's all about when I ask those 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 powerful questions in the beginning. The questions are also about lifestyle. Besides the investment right. level, how much are you investing in yourself in a franchise? How much cash do you have on hand? What's your net worth? Just right. so I don't present you brands that aren't right. going to fit. Right. But the lifestyle piece is so important. Maybe yeah. somebody's working two jobs right now. And with the franchise, right. they can have one job. You know, really, of course, yeah. it's all work. In the, it's work in the beginning. <laughs> You're going to have to work yeah, in the right. beginning. It's not magic. And uh, you follow the system. You do incredibly well. And at some point... Maybe you now have weekends off or you have nights off because that's right. the way the system is built and that's your right. your preferred lifestyle. And it's amazing how when people's lives are changed, it's absolutely amazing. You build generational wealth at that point where before you're a slave to a job. And it's a terrible thing to be a slave to a job when you don't want that. There are plenty of people that want to be a W-2 employee. They want they don't want what, what's perceived as a headache Mm-hmm. Or perceived as the unknown, or they don't have the money, or whatever it is, and it's okay to work for somebody else. But it was never right. for me. My dad told me at a young age I was probably unemployable, which was uh, the best compliment he can ever give me. <laughs> do Do you find Lance that a lot of these, you know, like the, these prospective entrepreneurs that are coming to you? I mean, do in the beginning are they just thinking in terms of like? one single unit? I, I mean, do you find that they're not looking at the big picture, you know, that to become Funny. a multi-unit franchisee? Yeah. You know, that's such a great question, Marty. It, you know what it is? It's like, it's like climbing a ladder or let, let's, when I was a yeah. little kid, when I was a little kid and I was taught how to go upstairs, my aunt Lori will never let me forget this. She's much older than me. Okay. Yeah. A few years older than me. Sorry, Lori, if you're listening, she <laughs> taught me had to take two stairs at a time. That was a big deal. So look, yeah. the average person that's looking at franchises is simply looking at a single unit, right? one territory. 
Sure. But the reality is, the reality is, I had a gentleman looking at franchises. We discussed whether he wanted multiple units or a single unit. And you know mm-hmm. the funniest thing? When he was in mm-hmm. the final stages with the brand, uh, Rick from the, that represents the brand called me and says, guess what? He's going to buy a three-pack. He's buying three wow. territories. That's incredible. I was like, whoa, that surprised yeah. me. I asked him. Right. He goes, I know. He told me that Lance, Lance and I discussed it. I'm only looking at one. But when he was presented with the opportunity and the discounts and the franchise fee for the three, even though we, he and I talked about it, That's he decided, terrific. you know what? It is a better idea. But, you know, look, look, I do have plenty of people today that do come to me with a high enough net worth right. that are looking at, at, at bigger territories. Mm-hmm. Um, and But the majority, I'd probably say 75% are, are single unit operators. Um, and even my my assessment, by the way, that, that the free assessment on my website, which is a great tool to jump in there and just take, and you get a nice mm-hmm. report back yourself, it tells me, are they single unit minded or are they multi unit minded? I see. Yeah. So it's pretty That's cool. Interesting. It is pretty cool. It's, I had um I had Michael Gerber on my show a couple of times last. Oh, and, love uh, it. Yeah, he said. <laughs> yeah, he said once he had this great quote. I mean, he had he had like a dozen great quotes, but he, he said that a lot of entrepreneurs fail not because they think too big, but they think too small, you know? And I, so yep. I thought that was very powerful that he said that, you know, because it never really occurred to me. And I said, yeah, I said, I think that's true. I think a lot of entrepreneurs do sometimes think too small, you know, why not think in terms of, you know, 20 units, you know, or 30 units, you know, well, why just one to, single to, unit? to be honest, what, what you were saying, what Michael Gerber had said is so accurate for a percent, you know, a group of people, because if you're going to buy one restaurant, one little right. restaurant, right? while you'll do fine, you're still in some instances buying a job. It's your right. job. Yep. It's your company. Yeah. That's but, right. But it's hard to pull yourself out of it. Not until you get three can right. you really become a multi-unit manager. Right. Um, or my friend with all these hair salons that I talked about where he can, right. you know, he can net – a million dollars to a million and a half dollars a year off of all yeah. these hair salons and wow. and now ha- and of course have people in place. Well, with one hair salon, you're going to have to be there all the time on top of everything. You're not going to be able to necessarily afford the staff. So that's right. where scaling really helps and having the yeah. appropriate amount of territory. Look, I have plenty of people that come to me and say, well, what's the, what size territory do I get with XYZ franchise? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and yeah, we go through the territories and that's when you really compare and contrast that some brands might give you a larger territory. And then, you know, you, you worry about scaling, you worry about growth opportunities. Right. Um, But, you know, I have plenty of people that I know that are multi-unit, multi-brand franchisees. It's okay to diversify. And then other people are very focused on one brand and that's okay too. What's the best way, Lance, for our listeners to get more information on you and Ion Franchising? Are there any, like, websites or anything you can kind of, like, direct yeah. them well, to so they can reach my, out to you? Absolutely. My website is ionfranchising, ionfranchising.com. Okay. Okay. And like I said, the free assessment is there. There's a contact form. Some people don't want to do the free assessment right away, and that's okay. Okay. There's a contact right. form right on there. I'm all over social media, Instagram and LinkedIn and, uh, and Facebook, of course. That's terrific. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you, Lance. I, I could have spoken to you for another two hours today, so I'm going to have to invite you back over the next year or so. As Absolutely. Anytime, Marty. This has been Thank my pleasure, so Lance. Thank you. Happy New Year <laughs> to you. We'll be right back with more franchise interviews. 
Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, Don and I have been hosting Franchise Interviews now almost six years, if you can imagine, and it's it's amazing to see how far the show's come. You know, we frequently joke around that, you know, when we started the show, we started off with about five listeners. I think it was my mom, Don's wife, my wife, and a couple of you know, friends and family, and that was it. And, you know, to date, we're over 4,000 listeners on a monthly basis between our radio show and our podcast, Great Quotes and Franchising, and, of course, our website, Franchise Interviews. So we've never done this before, but want to thank everyone for making this show such a, a tremendous success during that time six years of doing the show we've had some incredible quotes on the show and if you're a frequent listener to the show you know what fans don and i are of the legendary michael gerber and you could take any clip or any segment from an interview we've done with michael and it's probably noteworthy of being in the great quotes and franchising podcast but this i have to say is certainly one of my favorites and i've shared this with my uh students um, since I've heard uh, this, this great quote. So here we go with the legendary Michael Gerber. To having people you know, stretch their imagination and to dream even bigger than what they were previously doing. Absolutely. And make it constructive, uh, of course. Yeah, because I, I'm, I'm actually saying that people don't fail because they dream too big. People fail because they dream too small. People fail because they don't rise above where their experience would lead them. People fail because they don't truly begin to dare to um, imagine something that they've never um, actually imagined before. And as I bring people into the dreaming room, as people participate with me, they begin to experience something they have never experienced, or if they had experienced, they'd experienced it years ago, but in some way lost the ability to dream. So it's a remarkable thing. I never would have told you I'd be doing it. But in fact, I see it as the absolutely essential piece to anybody who wants to do anything, uh, let alone buy a franchise. The beginning of that process is to dream. You know, it's really like an awakening. I mean, in life, there's just so much that can just, you know, I guess sort of beat you down a little bit. You know, life's not easy, and there's work, and there's family, and, and um, you know, I guess over time that... Maybe you just don't have the time or, or, or just forget about something simple like dreaming. So you're really just reintroducing it to people, you know, kind of waking them up again, so to speak. Well, I'm reintroducing the question, what in the hell am I here for? Right. What is my life? And time goes on for all of us, and it's tick-tock, tick 
tick-tock and time goes on and I simply become immersed in all of the doing it, doing it, doing it that I've committed myself to. And I never stop to really ask, is this really what I want? Is this really what I want to do? Is this really the entire purpose of my life? Is this really uh, going to give me um, the experience that I truly um, am hungry for, the, the joy that I truly am missing right now? What in the world am I doing with myself? And I'm su simply suggesting, without asking that question, in a very, very provocative way, people miss the most extraordinary opportunities that they will never see until they begin to ask the question, then who am I? What do I want? Where am I going? And these questions begin to provoke some very, very serious introspection. And that's critical for anybody, anybody who is, as you say, sitting there about to think about going off on their own, about buying a business, about buying a franchise, or about creating a business of their own. Critical, critical, critical. And nobody's talking about it. Right, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's a critical element to entrepreneurial success, Michael. All this dreaming, uh, I think you mentioned in the manuscript, it gives you uh, fuel to stay up late and uh, get up early in the morning. That's where the juice comes from. Absolutely. I mean, can you imagine Michael Dell creating Dell Computer? I mean, you think about that. He, you know, he was a he was a college student <laughs> right, um, who began to diddle with this idea, the idea, the big idea, the great idea, the great result. And he created this stunning company, this extraordinary company that does what it does in a way that nobody else imagined it could be done, taking a commodity, a computer, and turning it into a product, a true invention, the way in which Dell provides customized computers in a standardized process, customized, standardized an extraordinary idea that rules the world today. And yet you don't hear that expression in most places. And certainly you don't hear it in franchising, customized, standardized. How do you do that? Well, that requires entrepreneurial imagination and verve. And that's what creates absolutely stunning companies. So if you're going to do that, you might as well do something in the business you're about to create that truly... Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.